Welcome back to Dev Theory Podcast, the podcast about everything web development. This is episode 18, and I'm Sean Willis here with our co-host, Isaac Weber. What's going on, man? How you doing, Sean? Good, man. Could be better. Got a little sick baby in the house. She's she's running a little fever. She's seven months old. Mm. It's so, not the Rona, is it? No, it's a little low grade fever. She's teething, so wife thinks it mm. has something to do with that. Yeah. Went to a walk in <laughs> clinic today. Um yeah, man. She's crawling around. She's smiling a lot, so that's good. Nice. We just gotta keep How an eye she? on her. Seven months, man. She'll be Seven eight months, months in a few days. Nice. My uh my sister just had a baby yesterday. I'm an uncle again. Again, congrats! Yeah, uh, nephew number well, uh, yeah, nep- nephew number four. Nice. That's always yes. fun, man. Being a nephew, being an uncle, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> My, yeah, they both are cool, but <laughs> yeah, you can like relate to a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. What are we talking about today, man? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we're just kind of spitballing a few different ideas and uh, we came up with, with, uh, so at my job currently, I'm working with this thing called AWS Amplify. Nice. Can't wait to hear about that. Yeah. So we'll talk about that shortly. And then, uh, Sean, what what is this, what is this uh, Tesla day thing? (laughs) What is this? All right, so I, I guess you could call me a Tesla fanboy because I don't even I don't work there, right. but I own two Teslas and I keep up with every single bit of news. Mm-hmm. It's probably a bit annoying to my wife, but um, <laughs> the Tesla AI Day, August nineteenth, man, I'll be I'll be tuning in live whenever they they go um, they go live. So apparently, some big things are coming out for the car dealer and automaker. Because uh, they're more than just that, so um, that's going to be interesting. And then I'm um, pair programming. Programming. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't talk all of a sudden. GitHub Copilot. So I co-program with that VS Code extension, and so we'll talk about that a little bit today. Sweet. Yeah, I've uh, I've used that a little bit too, so I can kind of talk on it. All right. So let's start off with AWS Amplify. I am. I have no experience with it, so let's. Um, I'll just be picking your brain and asking you questions as you dive into it. Yeah. So, my company right now we're we're trying to build a new platform from scratch, and we're a really small team. And essentially, the gist of this platform is we want. It's got a lot of different content on it. It has. Uh, we have like a blog component. We have some dynamic pieces as well. Uh, and so we're actually using Next.js for, which is a React framework for uh, server-side rendering and a, and a bunch of different stuff. Uh, it basically gives React superpowers, uh, and which is awesome. And and so- You're saying we, Next.js gives- Yeah, Next.js, which is the front end of our, of our platform. And we, uh, we needed something to, we didn't want to completely code the backend from scratch. And so we're, we're actually okay. using AWS Amplify, which is basically like a backend as a service. Uh, so if you're familiar with Firebase 
or uh, shoot, I don't even know the other ones, like Asura maybe, or there's a number of them out there that are, are kind of like a managed database that you can basically go into like a, a UI and an admin UI and, and create models and, uh, you know, set up, let's say you had like a Wait, user's so is table. this like a serverless backend? Uh, like a, I guess you that, could say is that. Is that a good term to use? Let me, okay, now I got to look up because I'm sound probably stupid. <laughs> Continue on, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. There's a, there's a number of these things out there, but essentially the idea is is we don't have to deal with the backend in terms of like, yeah, it's a serverless backend. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, essentially they manage all of this for you. So, so what you can do is let's say you had uh, a data type of like users or something. Mm -hmm. So you could, you could add a model of user mm -hmm. and then you could go in and add like the, uh, an attribute of name and you can add it, add it, attribute of email and password and all of this stuff and then you can you can specify the types that those should return which is probably a string and then once you save and deploy it will actually go and deploy uh all the resources for you in aws so uh, what's the benefit then do you, I, don't, I know you haven't been working with it long but like a serverless back end that uh, like amplify versus just building your own is it is it like a time thing where it saves you a ton of time to just jump in and, and start putting these models together. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the whole, the whole thing with Amplify, it, it's just a, a convenience thing, really. Like basically we were going to do this already with, so we were going to use a, a CMS called Strapi, uh, but we ended up going okay. away from that because for various reasons I won't get into, but uh, we still wanted a place to like manage all of our data without mm -hmm. having to code it up all of our own. And so uh, basically, well, there's multiple reasons why we chose it. One, we are having a lot of trouble getting our, our deployment set up with Docker. And we basically we had to run like the CI CD pipelines with with Bitbucket pipelines and then having to like hook it up to AWS to different instances, instances and stuff. And so mm -hmm. what, what Amplify gave us out of the box was it, it already hooked up the environments. It already gave us like a CIC CD pipeline. So every mm -hmm. time all we had to do is like hook up our, our Bitbucket branch. So let's say we pushed some code to uh, master that branch on our Bitbucket repo, then then Amplify would actually notice those changes and then go rebuild uh, the front end and the back end to, to accommodate those changes. And it would give us like a, at the end of it, it would spit out a URL for us to go to and see mm. those changes. Where, so like that, that, that honestly was, was a bigger reason why we chose it just because of how easy that was to get it up and running and, and get yeah. a URL and CSD pipelines and, and how different much environments. Time you think? And, uh, all this stuff. How much time you think versus like building it out? Like, cause I know Ruby on Rails is is highly efficient and productive as far as like getting something up and running, like an endpoint up and running. Yeah, I mean, I think th there's multiple ways you could do this. It's it's not that hard to do. Uh, so in our use case, we're we're we essentially have a 
a mono repo of mm -hmm. a front end and a back end. So our, our front end is Next.js mm -hmm. and our back end is now Amplify. Um, but there was just a, we were trying to go like the Docker approach before, which basically mm -hmm. takes like, uh, it makes a container for, for both or actually three things. It's the back end, the database and the front end. And so in order to like dockerize something or to put it back on the web or to deploy that you needed to run like uh, AWS has this thing called e ECR and ECS, which is like an elastic container registry, but also that's paired with a elastic container service, I think it's called. Uh, and the configuration for that was like not not exactly clear and it was just a, a pain in the butt to get that going but i think if you were to go like a more simple route like for instance if you weren't trying to like for me if i was doing this on my own i would not mess with aws just because like aws mm. is is a nightmare to me um like outside of amplify amplify makes mm -hmm. it all easy uh and, and so one of the like we want to stay in the aws ecosystem and so Amplify essentially gives us all of we everything we want out of the AWS ecosystem, but like in a package that we can just say like, hey, do this thing and it will do it rather yeah. than us having to go into AWS, configure all the stuff, go go make sure it's all deployed correctly and and hook hook everything up. It, it, it's basically like giving us all of those services services out of the box. And so it's like giving us deployments. It's giving us like the uh, if you ever used AWS Cognito, which is like their auth system. So it's mm -hmm. giving us auth right out of the box. It, it's giving us a database out of the box. It's giving the us- The endpoint that it sends uh, you, can you, is it, can you set the specs to similar to like a JSON API spec? Uh, well, it gives you both a GraphQL API and a REST API out of the box. I'm, I, I think JSON, the JSON spec has something to do with like swagger or something like that or like the well so the json api it's like how you wrap it so you'll wrap it in data and then the way it ha it'll handle um like pagination and um the relationships differently than than some endpoints do yeah i think i think that's more of like a, a different methodology but for they they basically give you all of that as well out of the box and so we're we're actually mm -hmm. using the graphql API, which w in the in the modeling section, you can actually set up uh, like relationships and stuff. So let's say you had, let's say you had a, a blog post, let's say you're building your blog with this, right? And so a, mm -hmm. a, a blog had many posts and a post had many comments and, and so on and so forth, right? And so, uh, and a user had many posts or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. You could, you could map those relations in, in the modeling UI and this is all like in a UI. You don't have to like code any of this, which mm -hmm. is nice. Uh, but you can if you want. Uh, and so you can create all those relationships, and then once once you save it, it will actually generate a GraphQL API for you, mm -hmm. uh, to which you can run operations on. Like for instance, filtering or pagination or basically any operation of like uh, any query you could think of, you could probably run it through mm -hmm. this this admin side. So. Um, and, and the way that you actually use that in your front end is they, they have like a, uh, an actual package that it's called, amp, uh, AWS dash amplify. I think it's like amplify.js or something like that, 
mm-hmm. that gives you gives you like the operations to run right out of the box. You don't you don't even have to write those manually. It will generate basically everything you need in order to start making uh, requests and queries to the database, which is which is actually um, hmm. lives remote, which is cool. So yeah, it's uh it's it's pretty flexible. It's pretty handy. Um, I I feel like I'm still getting my my head around it all, honestly. Um, just because mm-hmm. there's like there's a lot of like permission stuff in AWS. Mm-hmm. They they have like really fine grained permissions over everything. And my my manager Gabe he uh, he's got like the the keys to the kingdom, right? But then like he's given me access to certain things that yeah you don't want full you know, access. I'm, I'm able, yeah, exactly. You don't. You really don't. But for some nope. reason, like some things I'm I don't have access to that I should, and I don't know. It's like yeah, yeah. It it's kind of annoying with the the that. But once you get all of the permissions figured out locally, and and you should be good. So yeah, yeah. Cool, man. This is interesting. It's so it works pretty much with any javascript framework you can even do it with android or ios apps yeah like yeah so yeah basically if you wanted to get started with something like this you could go to um the amplify docs which are uh pretty straightforward i mean it's yeah if, i'm looking at if them you're right scared now. of aws i feel like this is a pretty good approach um yeah. i will say though that you need you do need uh, an AWS account, right. and it, it does it does create resources that cost money. So I would mm-hmm. be careful with, and it actually requires a credit card when you when you uh, yeah, yeah, join AWS. So you yeah, just be careful with what what you do in in Amplify, just because you might get charged. So yeah, just yeah. <laughs> take that with a grain of salt. Thousand dollars. Um, what was this charge for? Yeah. <laughs> exactly which it you know there are ways to to like set up billing alerts and stuff so that you don't get charged <clears throat> but that's good it, it's really easy to like rack up a, a huge bill with this so yeah. please be careful <laughs> but yeah you can uh you can use react you can use angular flutter ionic javascript react cool. native view next um and and they actually give you like a little CLI tool. So mm-hmm. if you don't know what that is, basically you can run, you can run all the commands that you would through the the UI in your terminal. So you can say like uh, amplify add API, and mm-hmm. it will go and add an API for you. Um, amplify add auth, and it would go add some authentication for you, so you, so users can start logging in. Mm-hmm. Uh, add storage you know there's all these commands that you can run that basically go and do everything you they need it needs for the application and then you can just stick to coding and you don't have to worry about the back end which is awesome they have a calculator.aws if you're wanting to calculate your expenses oh yeah but it that even looks kind of well yeah you can configure so you can go in and Say, hey, I'm wanting to use this and this. That might help. It still seems pretty like anything in AWS, if you've never messed with it before, can be pretty overwhelming. Oh, for sure. I mean, I I don't even know AWS fully. I feel like I'm lost every time I get in there. But my company I like, think offered Amplify a, is... uh, a training and um I have yet to not I have yet to do it. 
it's yeah there's so much man yeah i think if you know aws like really well that's that's almost a job in its own right mm -hmm. <laughs> and so but either way it's still really valuable because basically every company i've worked in has used aws or some like cloud provider to some extent so i think that's a super valuable skill um not to say that you have to know it to get to be to get in a job mm -hmm. but i think having having it is going to give you a leg up for sure yeah and you'll have more roles in aws for sure yeah so anything else you want to add to aws amplify before we move on uh no i think i'm good that's interesting man good deal so the next topic tesla ai day on august 19th so before uh we started this podcast i was asking if you knew anything about it but so you know absolutely nothing basically so, yeah <laughs> did you watch any of the the ai day last year uh where he where uh elon threw a I guess it wasn't last year. Maybe it was like two years ago. No, no, no. Not the release of the Cybertruck. They had an artificial intelligence day dedicated to, like their goal is to get more AI engineers. And that's mm -hmm. that's the, the purpose of August 19th. Um, and so this event's going to be held in Palo Alto, California. But one of the rumors around the AI day is... Uh, they're going to be mentioning a Tesla humanoid robot. This is rumors at this point, but the, um, yeah, all the, I keep up with it because it's like, it's the forefront of artificial intelligence. It's the most innovative company I've seen when it comes to autonomy. Um, and getting our cars to like drive themselves i think it's still a few years um away but maybe on the 19th he'll prove me wrong um but yeah man it's yeah, it's man. it's all gonna be about uh tesla dojo i don't know if you've heard of that or the supercomputer program mm -mm. so tesla dojo is um it's the let's see i don't want to botch this so i'm going to look it up and just read it from there so in 2019 tesla made a cryptic reference to dojo project called dojo it's a super powerful training computer for video data processing and then in summer 2020 tesla elon uh, tweeted tesla's developing a neural network training computer called dojo to process mm. truly vast amounts of video data. They built a chip just for that to, to handle it. It's it did. It's quite significant innovation that's happening. Um, and that's why, and, that's why I keep this up is with all it. for uh, better, better autonomy and driving. Yeah. Their, their goal is to one day have their cars driving themselves as a, uh, a robo taxi. Huh. And uh, when that happens, their stock is probably going to go through the roof because yeah, it, it, it the other thing is they're, um, when you lease a vehicle from Tesla, they buy it back and they don't give you the option of buying it yourself at hmm. the end of the term. A lot of companies like well, I have a lease on a Mazda CX-9 and they want me to buy the car at the end of that three years. Tesla doesn't because 
they want it back and they want it back for robo taxi so basically they they have a whole fleet of teslas that are just unmanned exactly so you think about in one of the things that they mentioned he said yeah overnight it'll be we'll turn the system on and then anyone that owns a tesla will be able to make money from their tesla by putting it in robo taxi hmm. granted granted if you don't have <clears throat> if you don't have the um million mile battery that they're going to produce next year your car is going to get worn down really quickly if you try to make any like significant income um because you <clears throat> one of the numbers he put out in when he did the ai day was you will have to like you'll have to let your car drive ninety thousand miles a year to produce about thirty thousand dollars in income granted oh, okay so it would be like it would almost be like short trips around town. so it would be like you you rec are recruited to to be like you you have a couple teslas right yeah and and your your tesla could be activated to be a, a exactly. taxi essentially and exactly. you'd make money off of that yeah interesting or he said another option is going to be like if you just want your friends or family to be able to access the car and drive it um one of the scenarios was you could just like say my parents they live in cookville i could send it the car to them it would drive on the interstate straight to their house and then they could get in and take the car wherever they wanted to that's wild. like say if they're wanting to go on a, a weekend trip or to uh just on vacation or something they didn't want to use their car um i could send them my car dude if uh if uh we had this issue with turo you could have just had your your tesla drive behind you and then and then uh exactly or wait, that, that would i would have the sense. car driven to me right <laughs> yeah right that's I'd right say, come home come <laughs> home tesla I, I think you should name them at that point because they're basically children or something <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's weird all right so time we come did... home time for dinner <laughs> <laughs> our model y we named it white lightning and right. our uh the model three we named it tessie there you go tessie it's fitting yeah so come home tessie <laughs> all right so let's move on man so the next part of this episode is github copilot which you apparently you're coding with it as well what's your thoughts on it uh you know i've seen a lot of videos on youtube about about like is is Copilot gonna take our jobs? Oh no! Yeah, the doom like, and gloom. Right, that's the first. Developers thing. are doomed, and I'm like, heck no, man. That that it's cool. Like it, it's definitely helped me in a few cases, but more times than not, it just like doesn't even give me the right thing. Yeah. Um, I think for like simple little like one line functions or like little little like things that you need. Like for instance, I I was coding the other day and I was like. What was it? I needed to filter out uh, an array for for like a string that contained the the string video or something like that. Okay. And so so for for those who don't know how this works, so if you, GitHub Copilot is essentially like an AI that that you can enable in your code editor that will give you uh, like it will give you code. Basically, you can say like start writing a comment in your code that says like describe what you want to do. Right. And then 
and then you can hit and then it will actually give you suggestions for for code that you can write and you can actually hit tab and it will auto auto complete that code and actually mm -hmm. write it in your editor so uh basically what i did was say uh i wrote a comment that said um filter out filter out the string videos from this array or something like that mm -hmm. and it knew the context of of my of like what I was using and it actually mm. wrote it perfectly. It was like mm. that one line, it was maybe yeah. like literally like one line of code that it ended up working. And I was like, oh, cool, okay, so yeah. that works. But then I still need to write my whole app, right? I mean, it's like, exactly. it's not like it's gonna write everything for me. So, I mean, maybe one day it, it might get so good because people are using it and then it's learning mm. from the way that people use it. Uh, that it, it maybe it could write my whole app and by then like more power to you man <laughs> like, i'd rather code less mm, that's it's a uh, so <clears throat> my experience in it is very similar to yours in the sense of like very short algorithms it's it, it, it's like one every five suggestions i've like taken it you know yeah. what I mean? And and that's probably actually not even completely accurate. Like I don't, it's not one of those things where I've seen any productivity go up. I haven't seen um, any, any significant change in my programming, but it, there are moments where it suggests something and I'm like, okay, yeah, that was a good suggestion. And then it makes me think and sit back is like, okay, well, how quick do you think it's like how quick do you think it'll take to go from these suggestions to actually being accurate like instead of one out of five being like every other time i'm starting to choose it right and once it gets to that point it's then a question about of like okay well if i write out a comment and it writes the entire file then you start to question your your longevity as a you know what I mean in your development career. My whole point of using it is just to see how far it's going to progress, progress, and like how fast it's going to progress. Because artificial intelligence, like it doesn't, it doesn't take long for it to adjust. Right. You know what I mean. In five years, you've made quite a significant jump in being efficient and productive so five years from now it may it may write the whole file just by a simple me comment and saying something so it definitely has me thinking like okay in 10 years 20 years like is this going to be the solution for um for companies instead of hiring a developer they they bring on artificial intelligence software yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could kind of see in the future. You know how like there's these website builders, essentially that are are like mm -hmm. you know Squarespace or whatever. Like it's very manual process. I mean, not that manual. It's not like it's coding, but you can just say mm -hmm. like, I want to block here, I want to block there, blah blah blah. I wonder if in the future you could literally just go to go to like a website builder, and and just start typing out what you want. Just say mm -hmm. like. I want a nav bar that that, that has right. my logo in the top left and and it's got you know a, a fancy border for this that or the other or whatever and then mm -hmm. it just spits it all out and and shoot that might be the case i don't know 
I think it's definitely coming, man. It's just a matter of when, right? So then the question I have is like, okay, well, the like how I mean, you already see like I can already see jobs being being lost to artificial intelligence in the future. Like truck driving, I think is the first one I think of how the semis from Tesla will be able to drive, right? Like once that technology is complete, you're going to see a lot of truck drivers jobs being lost. And um, you're already seeing it in, in some industries, but the question is like, okay, well, when is that going to come? So I, for me personally, I start, that's why I start investments that, that generate like, um, passive income. The Turo stuff definitely isn't like passive income. It seems more at, like I'm more involved in it than I want to be. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, it definitely yeah, I, gets I, me thinking. I think it's, yeah, I think it's smart to, I think it's really smart to think about different streams of income and just, you know, I think programming is probably one of the, the last things that are, are going to go. It'll, I think if yeah. you're probably a really good programmer, like if, if it, if an AI is programming, like self, like self programming, mm-hmm. we're basically doomed. That's the way I f- feel about it. Mm-hmm. Like if they're if they're creating their own programs, not based on like learning, but based on like their own intuition, like that's bad news. But that's a long way from that. So I think until then, we're probably good. <laughs> Which, but either way, I think it's it's smart to to invest into other things. You know. Uh, Sean, you've done a lot of that. I need to do a lot of that. Um, but yeah, maybe even looking at crypto and, and just investing into mm-hmm. some of these tech companies like Tesla and, and whatnot. So, Hey Sean, this would be a good point to, to or a good time to plug your, your other podcast. Oh, the, the money down podcast. That's right. Yeah. You Shameless can call plugs. me zero down Willis. <laughs> I have a lot of fun talking to Big Money Bates on that podcast. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah if you go uh, to zerodownwillis.com, you can find it. Yeah, you put them on Facebook too, right? Yeah, Facebook is, I mean, you got to join Facebook. A lot of young whippersnappers don't have Facebook now. Right, those dang so. boomers. <laughs> so, yeah, man. All right, well, I think that concludes this uh episode unless you got anything else you want to add to it man this has been an interesting one yeah i think this has been good uh i have nothing else to add um there's a lot of good snippets in here cool thanks again for listening to dev theory podcast i'm sean willis with our co-host isaac weber if you like this show leave us a review and share it with your friends if you're a tech company interested in sponsoring this podcast you can email us at sponsorship at dev theory podcast.com